Hear the gospel of our Savior Christ, according to St. Luke, chapter 6, beginning at the first verse. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. One Sabbath, while Jesus was going through the cornfields, his disciples plucked some heads of grain, rubbed them in their hands, and ate them. But some of the Pharisees said, Why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered, have you not read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and took and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat. And he gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes as we pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And we just ask, Lord, that you would be with me tonight in my words and that you would be always in the meditations of our hearts, now and forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. <sighs> it is warm. <laughs> I'm telling you truthfully, I've been praying for rain. I looked at the forecast that said there was going to be rain, and there isn't. <laughs> so let's see if we can get through it. Paddy, I asked you earlier, keep a bucket of water at the back. If I pass out, it's not part of the sermon. <laughs> but look, let's get down to business. Because, you know, it is honestly amazing how some people will go out of their way to criticize others. I mean, here we have the disciples. They're out, they're walking through Greenfield one Sabbath day. This is a cornfield in that Bible that I'm reading tonight. And what happens? Up jumps some Pharisees out of the middle of nowhere, hiding <laughs> in this Greenfield. And what do they say? Whoa, you didn't just pick that green, did you? You didn't just take it and rub it in your hands and eat it. Because they are horrified. They're shocked by this. They think it is a grave sacrilege. And to be fair to them, you know, it was pretty strange in that time. It wasn't something you expected to see in the Sabbath. God had been pretty clear about everything. After all, he had said the Sabbath was a day of rest. It was a day when not you, or your son, or your daughter, or even your favorite pet donkey was allowed to do any work. <coughs> And more, the scribes and teachers, they'd taken that command and they'd fleshed it out a bit, debating its potential meaning, playing around with it, until they had come up with 39 categories of work, each one which could be divided into even more subdivisions, telling you exactly what you could and could not do on the Sabbath day. Long story short, picking heads of grain on the Sabbath it wasn't great. It might count as reaping. And eating it like the disciples did, you know, that could count maybe as preparing food on the Sabbath. And that wasn't great either. But rubbing it in your hands, well, that was a clear-cut violation of the law. One which couldn't be excused or explained away. Because it was nothing less than threshing maybe even winnowing, 
And that, to the Pharisees, was pretty inexcusable. In fact, it was shameful. It was law-breaking. It wasn't what a good Jew should be doing on the Sabbath. And it certainly wasn't what a good teacher should be allowing their disciples to do on the Sabbath. So the Pharisees stood there, criticizing, judging the disciples, finding fault in them. Until Jesus stepped in. Jesus stopped them in their tracks. Because he reminded them of David, the great king of Israel. A man who had done something very, very similar to what the disciples were doing. And yet, who was praised for his actions. By the very same Pharisees who now stood there criticizing the disciples. And yet, Jesus brings this up. Brings up about David to point out the hypocrisy of these men. And he also does it to point out a scriptural example of how the law could be set aside without condemnation to serve a greater good. But most importantly, Jesus reminds them of what David did to teach them and us something important about where power truly lies. You see, the Pharisees power lay in the law lay in the traditions and the interpretations that had developed around it. But Jesus was reminding them that the law, as good and as powerful as it was, was subject to a higher authority. It was not the be-all and end-all. Because even as God's word testified, David, as the Lord's anointed, was able to set it aside, to override his rules and regulations. To help serve human need. And of course, if David could do all of that, then surely the Son of Man, the one who David had called his Lord, the one who he bowed down to, surely he could do so much more. Surely he was the Lord of the Sabbath, the one who could interpret its meaning and judge its keeping better than any scribe or Pharisee. Jesus he leaves them with that thought, dumbfounded, astonished, probably humbled a little bit too. Now, these days, to be fair, you're probably not going to get scolded for picking grain on a Sabbath. <laughs> it's not even down in the handbook, and the handbook has bread <laughs> <laughs> Even though that might be the case, Sad truth is, you will get criticised for something. All Christians do. And as ordinance and as ministers, let's be honest, we often get it more than most. Because the latter-day Pharisees of our time, they've come up with their own idol of what ministry should be, what ministry should look like. And that means they have an idol of what you should look like and of what you should do. And they will tell you, just as they told the disciples, that you aren't holy enough, that you're not smart enough, that you're not good enough to be a minister. The same thing once happened to St. Kieran of Clonmacnoise, who we commemorate this day. A man who felt God's calling, just as we all do. But when he went to the CITI of his time, and this was a long time before the divinity hostel, Bridget sent out a lovely little history earlier. Long time before that, when St. Kieran was on the go. 
But whenever he went to the monastery to try and learn to go and become a priest and a monk, he got turned away. The brothers, they didn't think he was good enough. He wasn't high ground enough. He was too low born. His father was just a carpenter. And his father actually had to send him back. This time with a cow as a gift. Because, you know, it can make milk, it can get butter, it can be used for writing, and seemingly it can get you into college. <laughs> <laughs> he faced that criticism. He made it through. But when he started going to classes, he faced more challenges. Because when he got there, he had only memorized half of the Gospel of Matthew. I don't even know who would ever admit to such a thing, but that's all he done. <laughs> and he was called Half Matthew as a nickname. It's about an insult for him. He was mocked. He said he wasn't smart enough to be a priest. And yet, despite it all, Kieran went on to become one of the greatest saints that this island has ever produced. He's known as one of the Twelve Apostles of Ireland. The monastery he founded, it came to be known throughout the Christian world as a great center of learning and faith, a real holy place. Why? Because Kieran understood that just as Jesus was Lord of the Sabbath, Jesus was also his Lord too. And he understood what Jesus was trying to explain that day back in the grain field. The true power and true authority come from God alone and not from the opinions or judgment of others. So it didn't matter to him what criticisms came his way because Kieran knew that God had called him. He knew that God had the power and he knew that God would see his calling brought to fulfillment. <coughs> and as we begin this new year at college, I really do hope and I will pray each of you know the same. Because just as he did with the disciples, just as he did with St. Kieran, God has called you, each of you, to follow and serve him. And he wants you to know that your value, your ministry, is not dependent on what others might think. It's not dependent on the robes you wear, or the titles you have, but instead, it is found only in him. And the fact that you are his child, that you are called and chosen by him, he will equip you, and he will empower you until that calling is fulfilled. So, just as David was able to set aside the law for a greater purpose, let's set aside the expectations of others in order to focus on fulfilling God's calling. Just as Jesus reminded the Pharisees that the law was subject to a higher authority, let's remember that our value and ministry is subject to a higher authority. That's not the Pharisees. It's not even ours. <laughs> no, because it's the Lord. Our Lord, the God who has called us and chosen us to follow. And so as we go out this year and we, we learn and we study and do our placements, whether we're residential, non-residential, whatever. It doesn't matter. Let's always look to Jesus for guidance. Let's trust in his power. Let's work to build one another up. And let's always remember that no matter what, he is the Lord of the Sabbath.
He is our Lord and our Saviour. And he always equips those whom he calls. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.